Welcome to the Florence Crossroad podcast. We're thrilled to share with you an exciting message from our weekend service. If you would like more information about who we are as a church and how to get involved, feel free to visit florencecrossroadag.org. We hope you have an amazing experience and a great week. Amen. I'm going to ask the staff if they wouldn't mind coming right now. Uh, And I'm going to ask you to stand with me for just a moment. Pastor John had prayer for me just a bit ago, and I so appreciate that. And I'm privileged to to be a part of this team of men and women that lead this church. And uh, I'm excited about this year. This is going to be an incredible year. But you know what? It's going to be a year where we need God's direction and guidance. Amen? You don't want to just follow us. You want to follow us as we follow him. Amen? And, and so I'm going to ask some of you to just come and, and lay hands on these friends that God would use them, direct them, anoint them, guide them as we move forward into a brand new year. Would, you, would some of you just come right now and... And the rest of you, would you just stretch your hands out towards these friends right now? <clears throat> Father, I am so grateful for the, the leadership team that you have allowed me to have here. I thank you for their, their wisdom and their grace, the, the, the anointing that you have given to them. I thank you, Father, for the, the insight and the direction that as a team you've given to us for this church. And Lord, I'm asking that you would go before us as we begin this brand new year. Lord, we want to start on the right foot. We want you to lead us. We want you to speak through us. And we want you to anoint all of the things that we would be a part of. That, Father, we can take this church into a greater dimension of who you are. They can grow and that they can mature in in their faith, in their life. And, Father, we're praying that you would bless with strength and wisdom and grace that you would give them health, that you would give them vitality, and that you would guide and direct each one of them. As we ask all of this in your precious name, and everybody can say amen. amen. And God bless you. You may be seated. And then I'm going to let all of the kids join Pastor Lauren as she takes you to kids' church this morning. And uh, it's, good to be, it's good to be here today. I'm just thrilled to be a part of what God's doing. First service, we had a great service. And uh, I'm excited about this one this morning. Uh, There's a book that has the power to change every area of your life. It it has the opportunity to, to, to bring excitement and thrill, success, wisdom, direction, and guidance. It's God's Word. And we're going to really deep dive into that this morning. As you heard in the announcements, this year we want to take this church into some greater depths of of study, of growth, and it's not just for those in this room, but our children, our youth. That's why we're doing these various classes. That's why we're looking at all the various areas of direction for the church, is we want to grow each and every part of this body. Amen? I think it's great if we could have children starting from the time they can talk, memorizing the word and getting the word into their life, what value will that have for the rest of their life? And, and it's never too late, folks. We can still contain this and, and grow forward. This last year, 
usually about August is, is a time where I am asking the Lord to guide and direct me for where we're going. And one of the thoughts that, that came out of that month of prayer and, and seeking the Lord was, was an intent of taking this church into a deeper direction and a deeper foundation in their faith. And I began to look at the Word of God, and the Lord began to show me some passages. One is found in Acts chapter 2. It's on the day of Pentecost. It's the birthday of the church. In Acts chapter 2, in verse 40, it, it tells us that it says, verse 41, it says, Then those who had gladly received his word, speaking about Peter, speaking that day, were baptized. And that day about 3,000, think about that, 3,000 souls were added to the church, added unto them, as it says. And they continued steadfastly. Now, what follows that steadfastly is the foundation of the church. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And as I looked at that, I thought, Lord, that's important for us to understand, but I'm not sure I quite comprehend what that really is saying. And as I began to unpack that and began to really dig deep into what those words meant, it became very instrumental to me and very, I just felt impelled. This is the direction that we're to lead this church. Let's get back to Bible basics, amen? amen. And when we have foundational truths that we can build our faith on, it works. Uh, how many of you know that when God wrote this book, he really wasn't too concerned about the whims of every generation and culture? He was, he's concerned about us. But hear this. He's not changing his word to fit us. We need to fit our lives into his word. Amen. His word does not change. Now, we need to be wise, and we need to be careful, and we need to be full of the love of God in applying the word in the culture that we live. But we have to understand this book is foundational to everything that we are. And when I began to understand that, I began to look at that. Okay, it breaks it down. Apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. What does that mean? Each of these segments, each of these four words, we're going to break apart. We're going to break those down, and we're going to help you understand what this really means. This morning, we're going to talk about the apostles' doctrine. In fact, the next four weeks, we're going to talk about this. The apostle doctrines are not four major doctrines or a set of rules and regulations. It is the truth of the word of God. You see, the apostles at that time didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. They didn't have the epistles. They didn't have Hebrews. They didn't have the book of Revelation. What they had was Genesis to Malachi. They had the Bible as they knew it at that time. The rest of those books would be written following the, the, that period of time, it would be written in the first 70, 80 years of the church's existence, those books would be written that we would now know as the New Testament. All of these books were not just simply the writings of men, though they were written by men. They were inspired by God. Every book in the Bible, every one of the 66 books that you find in your Bible 
were not just the capricious writings of men on the whim of where they were. It took 1,600 years for this book called the Bible to be written. And every one of those men through those periods of that 1,600 years were led by the Spirit of the Lord. God spoke to them, brought truths into their lives, gave to them insight and understanding, and they wrote those things down. And over the course of time, these things were compiled. Some very bright and brilliant men over the course of church history have sat down at various times and convening, trying to determine which of these books, all of these sacred writings, all of these religious writings that had been written during this period of time, which ones of those really were the inspired word of God. There were several different convenings. There were a lot of books that were not allowed, not included, because they were not considered to be the inspired. God breathed. Word of God. And so as they compile these things, we have now what we call the Holy Bible. It's 66 books written by about 40 different men over a 1600 period year, a time of, of, of six, you got that. 1600 years to strike this book. It's powerful. It's insightful. It's God-breathed. I love that. I, I, I like the way that, that uh, 2 Timothy says it. It says, uh, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, for righteousness. We, we come up with the word Bible from from a Phoenician city called Byblos in the Greek. It was the trade center. It was the, if you was, where it, it was the, the place where they, they pulled together what's called papyrus. It, they, it, was the, the, it was the corner of the market of that, that export. Papyrus is a word that we now call paper, all right? And it's where they did all of the printing. Most of the printing, most of the, the, the places that if you, if you wanted scriptures done, if you wanted a book printed, you went to Papyrus, you went to Biblos, and they then would publish these books, which were scrolls, not necessarily page by page. And, and these were written out for, for, for people to take and use wherever. The word Biblos is what we would call the Bible. This Bible is the book. All right? Say that with me. The book. Use the article strongly. The book. It's not just a book. It is the book. And it's not just the book. It is a holy Bible. It is a holy book. It is God's book. It is God's spirit. Somebody told me one time, they said, well, it's just full of all kinds of stuff that isn't, you know, it's not literal, it's not, it, it, it's confusing. How many of you have ever read the book of Revelation? That's a weird book. I'm going to be honest with you. I first got saved, I, I, I came to the Lord and the church gave me my first Bible. My first Bible was a Thompson Chain reference Bible. It was a wonderful Bible. It is so beat up, I dare not bring it to church because pages will fall out. And, 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 in, and I, I was reading, and, and I did the thing that you shouldn't probably do when you first get saved, is read the book of Revelation. <laughs> it, it was absolutely the most un, 
that was the scariest book. There were some strange things. And I began to look at that. I'm thinking, Lord, I read in the very beginning, it says, and there is a blessing to anybody that reads it. And I'm just confused. <laughs> but I, I began to pray, Lord, what is, my, what, what, what is there here? And the Lord showed me something. He showed me something early in my spiritual formation. When you don't understand those words, go back to concordance. I got me a Young's Analytical Concordance. It's got every passage of scripture under every title, every word, pluck, pomegranate, pommel, poor. You name the word and it's going to cross-reference where that word is. And so when I went to the Revelation and I come across a word like stream or earth or land or, or ocean or, or some of these other things, I began to, and it didn't make sense. So I, I wrote those down and then I went back to this concordance and man, it gave me a whole list of, of references. So I went to those references one by one. I began to pull out that word. What does that word mean in the context of its writing? And as I began to understand context of that, then I could take the contextual meaning of that word and I translated it back into the book of Revelation and for absolutely amazed me the book of Revelation started to make sense. You see this book, the Bible honestly, it interprets itself if you'll read it. Hello? Just, just a thought there. <laughs> You know, uh, there's so much to it. This Bible, as I said, it, it's, it's, it has so much to offer. And, and I don't want to belabor you with all of the mundane of church history and all of that. But in 1647, in the Westminster Confession, they came to what we would know as this 66th book Bible. And I agree with it. Now, there are a lot of others that say, well, what about this book and what about that book? The, the apocryphal books are great, but they don't fit the inspiration of the scriptures. I'll tell you, for example, if you go to the first book of Maccabees, you'll read a story in there about Jesus as a child going to the Jordan River and he took clay and he began to form it and he breathed on it and it became a bird and flew away. Well, I have a problem with that because Jesus was a child. The Bible tells us that the first miracle that Jesus did was at the wedding feast of Cana. So if the first miracle was at the wedding feast of Cana, what was going on back there at the Jordan River? That's the whimsical thought of somebody who wanted to put more into it than what was really there. That's why we don't have the books of Maccabees as the, as the inspired word of God. Do you all understand what I'm saying? It, it's important we recognize that. There, there, there are books that are not allowed in here as far as inspiration for the simple fact that biblical scholars and people who have prayed and sought God have determined these things should not be a part of holy scripture. They can be a part of biblical literature. So what is this book? I'm convinced that this book is my daily bread. I want to read a couple passages to you this morning, in fact, more than a couple. You know that when I say a couple, that's furious because I'm going to give you a whole boatload because I want you to know the word. Exodus 16:4 says, then the Lord said to Moses, behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Now he's speaking about man. He's speaking about bread. 
all right? But bread in Scripture, just like I shared with you with Revelation, you go back and find it in Scripture. Bread in Scripture can refer specifically to this book, God's Word, bread. Listen to what Jesus said in the middle of of, of the, the Lord's Prayer in verse 11 of chapter 6 of Matthew. Give us this day our what? Daily bread. I, I think we need daily nourishment, yes, but we need the nourishment of the Word of God on a daily basis as well. If we only receive the Word of God on Sunday, you're malnourished and you're in danger. If you only ate one meal a week, you wouldn't be able to stagger to church. Hello? How can we possibly think that we're going to thrive and grow and be successful in our spiritual walk if we're not feeding on the Word of God. Bread represents the Word throughout Scripture. Is it possible? Is it possible that God is saying to us, when you get into the Word daily, I will speak to you daily? When you get into the word, he can give to us words of insight that will help us through the day. How many of you know that God already knows what's going to happen four hours from now? And wouldn't it be interesting if God would give us insight about some things that might come to our lives between now and four hours from now? That's getting in the word. That's bringing the meat of the word. That's having the word in our life. Hallelujah. I can get excited about that one. God wants to talk to you daily. And he does it through his word. He does it through through that prompting of his spirit. But but I found this in my spiritual walk, that most of the time what he prompts in my spirit is what I have put of his word into my life. He reminds me of that. I, I, I had a dear friend. He's gone to be with the Lord now. But he was held in Vietnam for seven years in prison. His name was Robinson Reisner. Robbie was, the, was one of the, the, the highest ranking uh, prisoners of war during that period of time. And Robbie was raised in church. He was raised in Assemblies of God Church. I remember talking to him, Robbie, how did you survive those seven years? He said, in those solitary moments when there was no one else there, He said, I had to dig deep in my mind, and what came to my mind were the things that I had remembered as a child in Sunday school. And the passages of Scripture that God had placed in my heart were those things that kept my mind sane during those seven years of hard captivity. The Word of God is the most powerful thing you can have in your life. He gives you His Word if you will read His book. There's a couple different kinds of Bibles, uh, and I think it's important to understand. I'm giving you some just basic principles this morning. Is that all right? There's there's an exact equivalency Bible, and that's what I use for study. That's what what the King James Version is, or the New King James, or the New American Standard, or the English Standard Version. Those are word-for-word translations from the Greek and from the Hebrew, all right? Somebody said, well, you know, I use the same Bible that Peter, James, and John preached out of, King James Version. No, you, that's not true. I'll never forget my first Sunday at Christian Center in Salem. Dr. O. Cope Budge, who was a 
former president of what's now Vanguard University in Southern California, came into church like this with these two books, a Hebrew Bible and a Greek New Testament. He didn't have an NIV. He didn't have a King James. He didn't have an English version. He came in with these two books. Talk about intimidation. <laughs> Brilliant mind. I use these as my primary tools of study for the Word of God. But then I also use either the King James. I prefer the New King James to study the Bible. I'm not going to make a big issue out of it. Read the Bible. Okay, but that's the equivalency. That's that's what is. That's the exact equivalency Bible. I think that's great for study. But there's a dynamic equivalency translation that I think is very valuable, especially for reading the Bible. It's not a word-for-word translation. It is a thought-for-thought translation. So you have Bibles such as as the uh, the the uh, NIV, the New International Version or the New Living International Version. I really like that Bible. That's a powerful translation. But that those are good to read. How many of you are going to read the Bible? You need to understand it. You know, the, the King James was written in the 1600s. We don't talk, my dear brother, how art thou? Thou art good, my dear friend. How be it with thy sons and thy daughters? Who talks like that? We don't, because we live in 2020. Amen. You, you all understand what I'm saying? We, we need the Bible to be able to be relevant. Now, it doesn't mean that, that you, you, just, you just picture that. Now, there's one other, it's called a paraphrase. Paraphrase, meaning that it's paraphrased from English translation to a paraphrase of that language, of the English language, all right? It's kind of like, how many of you have ever read the Message Bible? You know, the passage that says, and it was good for me to go into the house of the Lord in, in the translation of the King James. The Message Bible would say, hey, dude, let's go to church. <laughs> it, it just, I, I, I like reading it on occasion because it just brings out a whole new flavor. But for, for scripture study, I will use an equivalency. That, that's just my little paraphrase and emphasis there. Listen to the word, though. Blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits, the God of our salvation. God has given us his word, and if we'll get into the word, if we'll unpack his word, if we'll read his word, if we will memorize his word, if we will take this word into our very being, guess what? He's going to load you with daily benefits. Can you say amen to that? If there was a way, if there was a way, if there was a way that I could take all the good stuff in here and just somehow force feed that into every one of you, I'd do it. I'd do it. I'd get, I'd get jacks to open your, and I just, I would do it. Because this book is so essential. This book will help you in your daily life. It will help you in your thought life. It will help you in your marriage or relationships. It will help you with children. It'll help you in, in business. It'll help you in finance. It'll help you in your moral life. It's that important. It's not a capricious book. It's God's holy word. God wants to load you with all these blessings. 
But there's something more. Not only is it my daily bread, it's a sustaining bread. You're going to face temptations. I, I hate to tell you that. <laughs> how, how many of you have already had a temptation or two? How many of you were driving here and somebody cuts you off and never mind? But, 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 the, but you, you get the point. The, 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 what I'm trying to share with you is, is that when we have the word in our life, when those things, when the enemy comes in subtleties, when the enemy comes to try and provoke, when the enemy comes and tries to seduce us, when the enemy comes and, and he tries to deceive us, if we have the word of God in our life, we'll be able to know we'll be able to repel those thoughts, those actions. Let me share it to you in a practical sense. Jesus, after his baptism, the Bible says that the Spirit led him into the wilderness, and for 40 days and 40 nights he fasted. And the enemy came to him in the end of that period of time, and it says, now when the tempter came to him, verse 3 of chapter 4 of Matthew, now when the, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God... Command that these stones become bread. Now, if you haven't eaten 40 days, that sounds like a pretty good deal. But he answered and said, it is written. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Listen to me. It is written. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John weren't written yet. Where was it written that it is written? It's found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 8, verse 3. So he humbled you, allowed you to, go to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. God has given to us his word. His word is what guides us. His word is what sustains us. His word is what protects us. His word is the barrier between us and hell. His word is the life that he wants for us. His word is every aspect of our very being. And everything in this word is there to strengthen, help, guide, direct, and establish our lives. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just as you need physical bread for your physical body, you need the spiritual word of God, the spiritual bread of God to protect you and to nurture your life. Isaiah says it this way, why do you spend money on what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Eat what is good. Yes. Kind of reminds me of the, of the fellow preacher came over and he was trying to impress the preacher, and so he said to his son, he, thinking that he was going to impress the pastor by how much he read the Bible, he said, son, go get my favorite book. Son comes back with a Cabela's catalog. <laughs> get in the book. Not it's okay, Cabela's is cool. But this is better. Can you say amen this morning? <laughs> Listen to Hosea. Hosea says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. It's amazing to me how many people have not read this book, have not been in this book, and have been deceived by things that people think and say are in this book. For example, cleanliness is next to godliness. Where is it found? 
It's in the first book of Hesitations. <laughs> it's not in the Bible. It's a nice thought. Get in the Word. You'll know the Word. We, we, we've got to be people of the book. Amen? I have treasured the words of his mouth, Job says, more than my necessary food. Joshua says it this way, the book, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Oh, praise God. But you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good Success. How many of you want to prosper and have good success in all of the dealings of your life? Get in the Bible. Memorize this book. Put this book into your life. You know, we're in a journey. If you go to our website, florencecrossroad.ag, or excuse me, florencecrossroadag.org. You get that right. And if you go to the front page, scroll down, you're going to find a Bible reading program. We can be in it every day together. I, I just think that's so cool. We can be in it together. You're in it with other people. And it's broken down a couple chapters in the Old Testament, a couple chapters in the New Testament, some out of the book of Psalms, some out of the book of Proverbs. And when you get finished with that in a year, you will have read the entire Bible. How many of you think that just makes, makes hell shudder? We're not reading the book so that we can be, quote, knowledgeable. We're reading the book so that we can have life. The book is not just there for an argument. The book is not there for some kind of a studious moment. The book is there to give us his word, his insight, his daily plan for our lives. Glory to God. Meditate on the word. Put it into action. And your life will be successful. That's what he's saying. There's a third point that I want to share. The bread the true bread, the true bread. He's my daily bread. He, he's my spiritual bread. He's my, he's my true bread. What, what does this mean? What, how does this work? In John chapter 6, I want you to read and listen how he says this. In verse 31, it says, Our fathers ate the manna in the desert as it is written. Now listen to the way he says this. He gave them bread. There's no article there. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread. Do you see it? The article wasn't there earlier. It is now. He gave them bread from heaven. Verse 32, then Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the word world. Then he said to him, then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. I am the bread of life, in verse 48. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, the one that one may eat of it and not die. That's speaking of eternal life. Wow, wow, double wow. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I give to you is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. 
verse in, in Luke chapter 22, and we, we, we speak of this when we have Holy Communion, and he took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given to you for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Wow. What's he saying? What's he saying in this? When you read this word, the Bible, you're in essence receiving Jesus Christ into your life. Before Jesus Christ was called Yeshua or Jesus on this earth, he was called the Logos in heaven. He is the word. In John chapter 1, and the word and, and in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the word, and this book called the Bible is his holy word. And when we take his holy word into our life, we're bringing Jesus Christ, the living word, into our very life. Glory to God. This year, this year, I'm believing that God is going to help us to grow deeper together, to grow deeper individually, to grow into his word, to know his word, to be stronger in his word. I'm grateful for this church. And I think we're all delighted in what God has done and what he's doing in this church. I, and I want you to hear how I'm saying this. God has led the team that I have here, he's led us through the word for the growth of this church. It, it's not just simply God giving us brilliance or wisdom or, or some kind of whatever. We seek the word. I seek God's word. I seek his direction. And I don't seek it out of another book. I seek it out of the book. Do, do you understand that? So that when we, we begin to move in a direction, it's not simply because this is what I have a whim to do. I, I'm finding God's direction for our church. I, I want the will of God more than I want anything else. And the blessing that God has given to us isn't because of, of a personality. It's not because of programs. You, you know, you look around, we don't have a lot of programs we don't have a lot of bells and whistles. What we have is the Word of God. And when we come to Sunday mornings, we have the Word of God. I, last Sunday, Pastor Lauren preached a, a powerful message. It was the Word of God. When Pastor Jeff preaches, it's not just stick, it's the Word of God. When Pastor John preaches, it's not just, it's the Word of God. That's the only thing that we have that's of value, is to teach you the Word of God. And that's what we're intending to bring to you every single week. And so when we pray and ask the Lord to help us, we're asking God to fill us with his presence of who he is and how we can bring people to a better understanding of what he wants for our lives. When you read this book, you're taking Jesus inside of you. This is the word of God. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me this morning. Sherry and I, Sherry and I started something that's gone on for a long time. 1970, in January, 
1970, Sherry was about four months pregnant with our son. When God had this wild-haired idea of calling us to be pastors. And if you do the math, that's 50 years ago. And the best advice I ever received was from my father-in-law, who was my pastor. And his words to me were very simple. Son, preach the word. In 1972, in March of that year, I was ordained as a minister of the gospel. Two years I'd pastored. Our leadership determined that there was a definite call of God on our life. And they ordained us to full-time ministry. And I remember in my ordination service, my father-in-law had my Bible and he handed it to me with these words. It was the commissioning moment. Preach the word. That's all that we have to give you. We don't have ruffles and flourishes. We don't have the hippest book. We don't have the newest technology. We don't, all of those things are fine. But they will never replace the word. And my passion, my absolute passion, is that you will know the word. That you will take this word daily into your life. That will become strength for your being. You're going to go through tough times. I'm going to guarantee this. You're going to go through tough times. You're going to go through deaths and births. You're going to go through hurts and victories. And when in life is the toughest and when it is the darkest and when it is the hardest, you have something so sustaining. It's called the Word of God. There have been moments in my life when I thought, God, I can't go, I can't do this, I can't do this one more day. It's too big and it's too heavy, I can't handle it one more day. And in the reading of the word that day, God would bolster my spirit and he would tell me, yes, you can, son, yes, you can, for I'm not going to leave you and I'm not going to forsake you and I'm going to be with you and I'm going to guard you. No weapon formed against you will prosper. I am with you all the days of your life. Whatsoever you ask in my name, I will answer. Where two or three of you agree together concerning anything, I am there. Where I, I, over and over, the word of God just began to bring life where there was no life, and light where there was only darkness, and strength where there was only weakness, and, and his sovereignty when I didn't feel anything. Get in the book. My challenge to you on this first Sunday of a brand new year is take this book and make it yours. Hallelujah. How many of you will join me this, this year? Get in the book. Let the book get into you. Let the word begin to take process into your life. Father, in the name of Jesus.
your people are precious to you and to me. And I want them so much to grow in your word that the word will become so rich and powerful. Lord, I, I pray that they become so filled with your word that they become obese with your word. And that's good because the enemy cannot stand against that. In the name of Jesus, flood us with your word. Fill us with your word. Saturate us with your word. And help us to gain the insights of your word on a daily basis. But Father, we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. Many years ago, I started to practice, and as a discipline, I call it stop, look, listen, and respond. And it's something I challenge you to do. Stop. Lord, where's my heart today? Where am I at today? Where is my spirit today? It's a question we need to ask ourselves. Look, Lord, help me to discover a new truth in your word today. Speak to me. Can I ask you a question? What has God spoken to you today? What has he given to you today? You see, if you're in the word, he's going to speak to you today. Listen, Lord, what is your thought for me today from your word? And then, Lord, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to say? Where do you need me to go? What are you asking me to do? What are you asking me not to do? You, do, you, do you understand that? And when I'm in the word, hello? When I'm in the word, his word, inspired and breathed by him, holy, holy, it's called, it's called the Holy Bible. Sanctified, set apart, separated from everything else. How many of you would say, Pastor, I need more of the Word. We all need more of the Word. Amen. Let's make it a continuum. Amen. I'm going to ask my prayer team to come. I'm going to ask you to join me right here. In just a moment, we're going to speak the blessing over this congregation. But I know that when we come into church, we carry some things with us sometimes. Some of you are carrying some big loads of stuff that are happening in your family and in your home, the challenges that you're facing. Maybe there are some that spiritually you just need you just need to get things sorted out between you and God. Could be physical, could be spiritual, could be financial, could be marital, could be with family. The Bible tells us to pray for one another. And so I've asked my team to be prepared to pray for you this morning. So in just a moment, after we've spoken blessing, if you've got a need, I want you to come, all right? Amen? Okay. Lift your hands before the Lord. Father, I speak your blessing over your people this morning. A blessing, for, first of all, Father, that you would speak through your word to them on a daily basis. Bless them with your word. Bless them with 
your thought. Bless them with your goodness. Bless them with your mercy. Bless them in all aspects of their life. Guide them, direct them, keep your hand upon them and help them, we pray. And Father, we we'll thank you for all that you're going to do. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. And all of God's people can say amen.